welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. The Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Miranda Partridge. Miranda is a nutritional medicine practitioner who specializes in self-empowerment and body positivity. She is your accountability buddy, hype girl, who knows you deserve to own all parts of yourself with confidence and will fight you for it until you think you do so. Miranda offers one-on-one consultations, workshops, and her signature online program, Back to Basics, to nurture your health from the inside out. You can also find her tips and insights on her podcast, An Authentic Life. Three interesting things and hobbies about Miranda are that she absolutely loves yoga and has an at-home practice, which she does as often as possible. She also has a great collection of (laughs) vinyls. vinyls. I don't know what they are, but I'm like, how do you pronounce those? She has a great connection of vinyls, which she shares with her husband and listens to records all day long. She may have finally also perfected the easiest gluten-free flour substitution, so she has rediscovered her love for baking with her toddler. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Miranda. Thank you so much, Mahela. It's so nice to be here. You're most welcome. As you can see, I don't listen to any vinyls. <laughs> oh, I don't have any vinyls, or it's um, you know, it's very vintagey. <laughs> it's very vintagey. They don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, true. <laughs> I've I've been listening to vinyl for a really long time. I got into it when I was living in Melbourne, but um, yeah, the content, like the the collection has continued. And um, then when I met my now husband, I got him into it, and so it just kind of went a bit crazy from there. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favorite one? Oh, I mean, how do you choose your favorite baby? <laughs> um, or I. I Okay, one of the coolest ones I have is um, it's got one song on one side and one song on the other. It's in the shape of of the continent Africa and has a picture of the continent Africa. It's Africa by Toto on one side and Rosanna on the other by Toto. It's it's awesome and it's like colourful and it's a weird shape and it's just a fun one to show people. I think that's probably yeah, amazing. that is amazing. So, is there only one song on one vinyl? Is that how it goes? No, no, just for special ones. I think oh. like um, most of them will have about three to four songs on each side. Like some albums will have three discs, depending on how many songs. But standard, I'd say, is either one or two depending on the vinyl. Yeah, there you go. A whole educational vinyls. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely amazing. So we gave you a little bit of an intro in regards to what you do, which is absolutely amazing. But I wanted to know you get to know you a little bit more in regards to what have been the key turning points in your life to get you to what you're doing right now. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, I always wanted to do like I just for some reason always knew that I wanted to do something where I was helping people and I was really interested in psychology because there was a lot of mental illness like quite serious mental illness in my family and I just wanted to understand it better so I was like really into psychology and all of that sort of stuff but 
um, when I finished high school due to a number of reasons, I wasn't quite ready for uni. So I kind of deferred and, and didn't really explore anything until a couple of years later um, when I started my own health journey and started going to the gym and like buying all of the women's health magazines and stuff and getting really obsessed with all of the little nutrition facts in there. And I was like, oh, maybe I could be a nutritionist. And then I like went on the internet, found Endeavour and um, which is my college and and they just had this nutritional medicine course. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds really interesting. Honestly had no idea really about what natural health was. Like I, I kind of had heard of it and, and did know about it. I mean, my dad's a chiropractor and my uncle's a chiropractor and stuff like that, but I didn't really understand that at all. And so it wasn't until I actually started the course, I was like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> And um, yeah, so during my, during my studies, I actually um, realised that I had anxiety, I kind of got diagnosed with anxiety, depression and insomnia within a couple of months of each other, all in my third year. Um, and it was possibly due to my course that I started to recognise a lot of that stuff, but I treated myself using just diet. Um, I went to the you know student clinic and got some herbs, um, but mostly it was through diet and nutrition. Um, and still to this day, just use those things and all of those natural sort of tools in my toolbox to manage my anxiety. But my, my depression for the most part is gone. It comes back occasionally as it does. But um, yeah, it, it was a really powerful moment for me to really be able to put a lot of the stuff that I was learning into practice. Um, and so I guess that's why I now love working with women who don't have the greatest self-esteem, who um, feel anxious and don't really feel like they can manage their stress and to do it through something like nutrition because it is such a foundational thing that most people just really don't understand because we have not been taught about it properly at all it's always about weight loss and you should eat less and you know it's not really understanding that the power of all of the beautiful nutrients that we have access to in so many easy like everyday foods if we you know put our mind to it so yeah yeah wow that's absolutely great so you kind of stumbled across nutritional medicine in a way because you had the foundations of wanting to help individuals and then you're like oh maybe I can do it through nutrition how good is that yeah yeah and it turned out to be absolutely the most perfect like profession for me because I'm obsessed with it and I love food like who doesn't Um, but you know the, the more I can talk about food to people the better really it's a great way to connect with people yeah. Um, yeah, it was just It's so interesting. Every time I talk to a nutritionist or something, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what their favorite food is. So what's your <laughs> <laughs> oh, favorite food? I don't it's the same thing with my violence. How do you pick your favorite baby? Oh. Um, <laughs> I I don't know exactly what my favorite food is, but yesterday I was really proud of myself. I cooked um, these pot stickers but I did them they were omelette pot stickers so instead of having 
like the dumpling wrappers, it was this egg base and I'd never done it before. And I was just really craving dumplings because I miss them so much because I'm gluten free and um, yeah, and, and they worked and they were delicious and I was so proud of myself. So that I'm just for the moment, that's my favorite accomplishment around food. <laughs> so so totally that. need to share this. So totally <laughs> to share this after. I love yeah. dumplings and like you, I'm trying my best to go gluten-free so yes yeah. dumplings are like oh my gosh <laughs> I, that, like seriously when I used to live in Melbourne it was like a normal thing especially because the campus was in the city it's yes. like eh, just gonna go get some dumplings just gonna go get some dumplings and yeah I miss them so much oh my god so it was like wish fulfillment last night I was so stoked with myself <laughs> yeah I would say I bet you when I'm pregnant all I'm gonna crave is dumplings like dumplings <laughs> just anything <laughs> No, that's absolutely amazing. So you've had quite a bit of a journey about, you know, get uh, going into being a nutritionist and you've had your own little struggles, like you've mentioned with anxiety, depression and so forth. So I can just imagine your, your view of success back then would be different to what it is now. So Miranda, how would you, I wanted to find out what does success look for you, look like for you right now? Well, at the moment, I am so it's a, it, I'm kind of in a middle space. So um, we, of course, COVID happened last year. My husband and I had a very hard year. Um, but one of the benefits of him, you know, basically having to fold out his business completely and then getting a job and losing it shortly after that um, meant that at least he was home and he could look after my toddler for at least half a day. Um, and so, or our toddler, I should say, our toddler. Um, so, yeah, we would basically share, like, he would have um, a morning and I would have the afternoon and I got heaps of time to do some work and was really able to delve back into my business. But I definitely got lost along the way several times. And, you know, when I, when I got pregnant as well, like the nausea and the fatigue just really hit me and I just kind of pushed the business aside completely because I just... I just didn't know how to handle it. And my anxiety, of course, got worse when I was pregnant. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely look at success completely differently. Like when I started my course, I was like, oh, yeah, by the end of this, I'm going to be like fit and skinny and I'm going to be beautiful and like just understand what a perfect diet is and all of that superficial stuff that clearly isn't anything that I'm about now. Um, and... Yeah, obviously there are still goals that I have for my own success, but I really feel like the success that I have now is the, the ability that I have to connect with people and the confidence that I have in either my own abilities or, you know, the, the ability to say, hey, I don't really know the answer to that right now, but I'm happy to get back to you and not see it as like a... A, a negative on who I am that I don't know all of the answers to everything. So I feel like after, what is it, like almost seven years of clinical practice, I'm, I'm just, I've hit my stride with all of that. And I, I feel like I can, you know, tackle whatever comes my way in some way or another without as much anxiety as previously. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's all, it's all a bit of work, isn't it? Um, to to change your view of what success is because when you're studying you're like okay it's going to be it's going to look like this and this is what it's going to be like and then when you get into actual practicing you're like whoa this is absolutely nothing to what I thought about nothing to what anyone has said I now need to redefine what success is for me yeah 100 percent. and I think one of the other things is 
like especially being a nutritionist in, in our industry like i know in brisbane at least there's a, a few group um practices and they don't hire nutrition they only hire naturopaths um and a lot of if, if you want to go and be hired by somebody in that it's like you can work at a health food shop you can be a product rep which really isn't for me at all um or you know you can you can go in kind of as a contractor in somebody else's clinic but it's it is really hard in our industry to find work unless you're willing to you know create it for yourself basically yeah you know you're 100% right and 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 let's talk about today's topic because that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about nutrition right um, everything that you love, everything that you've learned, everything that you've had experience with. So nutritional, nutritional strategies to manage stress, right? You've had your own experience. You've had people come in, talk to you about stress. So here we're going to be talking about us and share these tips and advice to the audience. So let's start off with the 101, the foundations of nutrition. What are these? So I actually like to call these the nutrition basics. There's literally five of them and I talk about them all the time. They kind of make up the Back to Basics program that I have um, and writing a book about them and everything because I think they're really, really important. And, um, you know, I, I actually found an old e-book that I wrote years ago and they have not changed since <laughs> however many years ago that I did that. Um, but really I find that these are so helpful to concentrate on because they take the the mindset away from the calorie counting and and all of that stuff that doesn't serve you when you're anxious if you're not eating enough you're only going to get more anxious so it's really important to shift that mindset so the first one is making sure you're getting protein with every meal so whether you're vegan or not protein is really, really important. And I find most people when they make sure they start their day with protein and they're having protein at lunch and dinner, and if they snack that there's protein in that, that really starts to give them those foundations in order to um, manage their stress because you can't create those neurotransmitters that keep us happy, calm, and motivated without protein. Um, you know, there's, there's little micronutrients that help to convert them but if you don't have the building blocks they've got nothing to convert so it's really important that you start with that um like the recommendation is generally about one to 1.8 grams um per kilogram of body weight but i like to say especially if you're anxious aim for 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight um and that really generally sets people up really well the next one is good fats, which most people will think of avocados and they think of good fats, which is brilliant. Uh, but I like to expand on that a little bit and include animal fats and extra virgin olive oil and coconut oil. I use a lot of ghee and um, butter at home personally. Um, and I love a good fatty, fatty lamb chop so good um but not being afraid of fats is really important as well because you know your nervous system is made up of fats there's fat in it and lining of every single cell of the body your brain is mostly fat and so if you aren't replenishing that like how is your brain supposed to heal how are you supposed to create new neural pathways and new habits from those neural pathways if you don't have again those building blocks to allow your brain to heal so i think that that's another one that's really important 
The next one is cutting out sugar, <laughs> which is probably the hardest one for most people. Uh, but cutting out sugar, I find so helpful for people with anxiety because sugar totally exacerbates anxiety if you are stressed and your go-to is emotional eating and it's usually going to be emotionally eating sugar if it's good for that moment which is fine and that has served you especially if that's the you know the coping mechanism that you have developed has served you and you kind of have to be grateful for that because in that moment it's helped but if it's harming you more than anything, then that's when we really need to get on top of it. And I think most people, we, we generally eat way too much sugar. So, um, again, I, I run a free program to help with this called Non-Toxic Meal Tracking. And one of the things that we do is we use a meal tracking app to actually have a look at how much sugar we're getting per day. So the World Health Organization, they recommend 24 to 30 I can't remember, 36, I think, 24 to 36 grams of sugar per day. Um, I probably get between 30 and 50 grams a day, depending on the day. Um, and I eat really minimal sugar. Like I don't really eat any added sugar. Um, and I probably eat a couple of serves for a day at, at the most. Um, but I really find personally with my anxiety, if I make sure that I'm, you know, at least feeling in equilibrium with that amount, then I feel so much better. I can cope with stress better and I don't get that kind of anticipatory anxiety. And same with my clients. I just find if I can manage to get the sugar out, which is so difficult, <laughs> but if we can get that sugar out, it makes such a huge impact on the nervous system. So um, that one's a huge one. And then the next two are very quick. <laughs> vegetables, which I bang on about all the time. Most people do not eat enough vegetables. Some people, you know, will tell me that they have a healthy diet, but we'll be lucky to be eating two serves of vegetables a week when we should really be getting five serves every single day. So I like to really highlight that because I think it's a really easy way to understand how much you're supposed to be eating. I don't you know, say no potato or anything, I definitely include potato and sweet potato and pumpkin and all of your starchy vegetables within that. But I also say make sure two of the serves are green leafy vegetables because that gives you a lot of balance. There's a lot of minerals in all of these foods um, and it can really, really help. Again, so <laughs> your conversion of your neurotransmitters is with these micronutrients and to look after you, your adrenals, you need micronutrients and they come from fresh vegetables and cooked vegetables. So that's really important. One serve is half a cup cooked or one cup of raw vegetables. Um, so it can seem a little bit daunting. And I usually just tell people just start with one meal. <laughs> and once you feel like you're in the groove with that, then move on to another one, but aim for five serves every day. And the last one is to... Um, let go of that which is not serving you. So really my whole philosophy with that is if there is a food that makes you feel like crap when you eat it, maybe it's lactose, maybe it's wheat, maybe you're allergic to mushrooms, whatever it is, I know it's delicious, but if it is something that you're getting some sort of negative symptom from, it is causing you harm, it is causing you inflammation, and inflammation makes everything worse in the body, including your mental health. So you really want to get on top of that 
and find the confidence to do that, which, again, it takes time. It's hard. <laughs> but that's why I like to do it in um, such a, a nurturing way and, and get people to um, be more accepting and forgiving of themselves when they are taking these things out. Because if you've never had to contemplate a life without bread before, that's really confronting. So Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, we can just end the podcast right here, right now. <laughs> that's just my first point. <laughs> <laughs> the information you just provided us with is mind-blowing. And it, it sounds, the way you're talking about it, it sounds so simple, but... If the audience listening implements all of those things, they're going to see a dramatic change in their stress levels, in their anxiety, in their nutritional balance. I mean, the protein, the fat, um, you know, it's just, just those things, just adding, you know, having protein and having the fat and having the vegetables and removing the sugar and, and you know, removing anything that doesn't serve you, like, that is just an absolutely amazing strategy in place. And I know it might seem overwhelmingly like it's a lot, but it's so easy because you eat every day, right? So you look at it and you go, let's just start off with one thing. Like you said, it's a step-by-step process. So I love that you introduced the foundations of nutrition to us um, and you jam-packed it in there, which is amazing, but you provided so much value. <laughs> I really can't help myself. <laughs> No, it's absolutely brilliant. I love that. So how, like the question that a lot of audience might be thinking is, how does food actually help the nervous system? I mean, we're talking about stress and I'm not going to, we're not going to go into the one-on-one of stress. I mean, most of the individuals know that we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system and the fight, flight and so forth. But how does this food that we're putting into our body help our nervous system? Yeah, so like I was saying, a lot of the foods that I was talking about are building blocks for the neurotransmitters we need in order to cope with our stress, to help us to sleep at night, to heal, to allow our liver to function the way that it needs to, to clear any of the byproducts that occur with high stress and to allow our adrenals to function because a lot of... Um, stress, no matter what sort of stress it is, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, it starts to deplete nutrients because it kind of uses them up really, really quickly. And so if you have a foundational diet that is rich in a lot of these nutrients, like for example, magnesium or B vitamins, then you are less likely to be depleting them because you are still replenishing them in your diet. Sometimes you might need a supplement um, depending on how stressed you are, depending how long this has been going on for. But once you really start to work with food, you can start to notice those times when you are really stressed and you kind of go, oh, I I need magnesium today kind of a thing rather than um, having to take it long term. So I think that that's probably the best way to do it. But yeah, more than anything, it's just that foundation. It gives you that strength and that um, empowerment to be able to tackle things better and to be able to calm your nervous system better and start to recognize those patterns that you have and, and where they come from because you have that foundation there. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that stress may actually um, impact our nutrients in our body. So how does stress actually affect our nutritional status in our body? 
So generally speaking, there's just certain um, pathways in the body which will end up getting utilised much more often than, you know, the body would generally anticipate. And because they've been getting used up, they use up um, nutrients. That's kind of the easiest way to explain it. So, for example, when we're stressed and our adrenals um, get kicked up, then they start to really chew through vitamin C and zinc. And so that's why generally a lot of people will find either at the end of a stressful event or right in the middle of their stress, they get sick because they have those resources there of vitamin C and zinc to help their immune system. Because, you know, basically when we are in that sympathetic mode, that fight or flight, a lot of our other systems in the body that aren't necessarily quote unquote essential, um, they kind of get shut down and they get less of a preference for these nutrients um, in, in order for us to deal with the stress. Our body is set up to deal with a saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> very life-threatening stress, but the stress that a lot stress, sorry, that a lot of us uh, deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is like being stuck in traffic and running late for things or like running around with the kids or whatever it is. It's just because it's a difference doesn't mean the body knows how to re recognize it differently. It will recognize it in exactly the same way and get your body to respond to it in exactly the same way. So yeah, that's, I guess, why things like being mindful and meditation and journaling or whatever strategies you have can be so important on top of that, because you are trying to get back into that parasympathetic mode and getting those resources back to your digestive system and your immune system and all of those places. Yeah. So a lot of people can relate to the fact of what you said when they're really stressed out and then, you know, they decide to go on a holiday, they get, they land there or drive there and they get there at the beach and all of a sudden they just get sick and they can't enjoy their holiday. And I guess that's what you said, the, the body's depleted of zinc and vitamin C due to the adrenal um, uptake of it all. So it's interesting that a lot of people wouldn't even link them two together. Like what my stress is actually depleting my vitamin C or my zinc levels. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's also really important to think about those coping mechanisms that a lot of us have developed in order to deal with our stress and what they do to deplete nutrients as well. So if you're a smoker, that's going to deplete your um, vitamin C and your zinc straight away. Um, if you deal with your stress by eating sugar, that depletes magnesium, possibly some chromium and a few other nutrients like that. And if you deal with, with alcohol, it's going to start depleting B vitamins. So it, there's a whole bunch of factors. It's never that simple thing of like this causes this. It's, it's all of the other things that we have to remember are also going on at the same time as to how they all get depleted. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's my simplest explanation. <laughs> I love that. And it's so interesting. So you imagine someone just having a business, being really stressed out on a work schedule, trying to smash things out. And then they're staying up late. They're depleting their body. They're not getting enough sleep. And then, like you said, they may be eating a lot more sugar, a lot more drunk food. They're smoking, they're drinking and things like that. And then actually their body is like completely depleted. And it may not actually be because of the stress, but maybe because of the coping mechanisms that we try to reduce our stress, which actually is placing more stress onto our bodies. 
a hundred percent. And like I said, like, I don't say this stuff in order for you to be like, oh, I feel so guilty now because that's how I deal with my stress. That mechanism that you developed, you developed for a reason. But if it's really starting to become a daily, probably, you know, multiple times daily um, frequency that you're dependent on it, then it's, it's going to have some detrimental effects to the body. And when it's time to sort of go, okay, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's interesting if we can just change that around and if you are stressed, actually do that yoga class, listen to your favourite music. It's kind of like how much would that help and not reduce so much of your nutrients? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. So what role does food actually have on our adrenals because when we're stressed out our adrenals take a lot of it, a lot of the um hammering so so what role does food have with the adrenals to improve the ability for us to manage stress well it's kind of the same thing that i was talking about it it's all about replenishing those nutrients mm. that your adrenals need in order to function so giving it the, the backbone of your mac- macronutrients so your protein and your fats and so some to some extent, some carbohydrates, but yeah, vitamin C and zinc are probably the, the most um, prominent ones that I would think of that you're going to get. And you get them from things like vitamin C, you can only get from fresh raw vegetables and fruits. I say vegetables first because vegetables are important. <laughs> um, and most people don't realize like raw broccoli has a crazy amount of vitamin C in it. So you could like chop some of that up and put it in a salad and, and you're, you know, getting more vitamin C that way um but yeah and then your zinc comes from things like fish pumpkin seeds um oysters trying to think what else off the top of my head there's heaps of different things but again like a wide variety of food making sure you're getting nuts and seeds along with your protein and I mean, they are protein technically, but <laughs> good fats technically. Um, but as long as you're getting a wide variety of foods, you're going to be able to nourish your adrenals by giving them the wide variety of nutrients that they need. Yeah. So if, if you have two individuals, let's say the one individual does all the nutritional basics, uh, reduces sugar, includes protein, fats, vegetables, and removes the things that's no longer needed in their life and they do all that but then and then the other person does none of that and actually uses the coping strategies such as not sleeping um, drinking alcohol smoking and so forth so if you have the two next to each other and they're both faced with exactly the same um, stress level in their view in their view their perception they're both very stressed out would the person that's the person a that i mentioned be able to deal with it a lot better than the person that's using those coping strategies that is depleting their body? I would say so, yes. Like I've never actually experimented with this um, as a person side by side, but like definitely in my own experience, definitely in my clinical experience, when you are really working on those basic principles in your diet, your ability to cope with stress is definitely more because Again, it's a holistic thing. So not only is your nervous system going to be stronger, but you're going to have a bit more energy and you're going to, you know, have a bit more clear headedness. For example, like if gluten uh, gives you foggy headedness, you're no longer eating that. It's going to make it a lot easier for you to recognize your patterns and get on top of them and then start to put things in place to help you to cope with things. Whereas if you're just kind of 
putting out fires all the time with alcohol and cigarettes and sugar and coffee and all of that stuff all the time, then you you don't really have the opportunity to even stop and start to recognise how things are changing around you. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you said you even put um, two people next to each other. Yeah, it, I mean, but that what I was trying to get at is the fact that we can use this as a proactive approach. It's not always reactive. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So would it work both proactively and reactively? Would that assist an individual or what would be the difference if you use those strategies? Um, I think, it, yeah, I, like I said, I think it's just more that the person who is using those um, nutritional basics would just have a little bit more strength so they would be able to... Um, recognize their patterns and recognize stress a little bit better and be able to implement things in a bit more of a positive way. Um, Cause I find that those negative habits just kind of breed more negativity, you know, cause it might, may not even be the alcohol and stuff. It might be like yeah. coping with stress by sitting down in front of the TV for four hours every night, you know, things like that. So it, it's all sorts of different um, mechanisms and, and things to, to be aware of, but generally, yeah, I find those individuals who are on top of that sort of stuff just um, fare a bit better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stress. yeah. I love that. I love that because it, it just shows to us that you can use nutrition as a proactive approach to deal with your stress. And not many individuals have thought about that. You know, it's, it's awesome because you eat every day. So you can be putting something in your mouth every day as a prevention or an assistance oh, yeah. strategy. Yeah. And that's why I love it as well because – I think that we have just been taught the wrong way to think about food. It's not just calories in, calories out. It's definitely not even calories in, calories out. But there is just so much nuance to nutrition that we just have completely forget, forgotten about because we're so scared of being overweight or being judged that we are overweight. And, um, you know, it, it just becomes this surface level thing when we think about it that way. But there is so much juiciness basically when it comes to nutrition and there is honestly like the opportunity for joy every single time you eat a meal like that's the way that I like to do it is I like to eat food that makes me happy most of the time <laughs> it's not always achievable of course you know we're all busy but you just do the best that you can and I mean making my own cashew cheese for example that brings me lots of joy um, but that's where I'm at with my life and I've been on this journey for a really long time um, but yeah if you if you look at food as a much more holistic experience it becomes just so much more um, valuable for you than just the oh, I've just got to eat because it's that time of day sort of attitude yeah, and you see it. I'm going to eat this and it's actually going to support my body. Or you get excited about your cashew cheese because you're like, okay, it's giving me this vitamin, this mineral. This is what's going to happen. And I'm excited about it because I made it personally. I know what's in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> Another recipe we're going to have to share. <laughs> it's on my blog. <laughs> Amazing. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll make sure I'll put okay. it in the show notes. I'll do that. So. Um, everyone's able to share their pictures of their cashew cheese and tag you in them. Oh, please do. Oh, my God, I love it. I, it's literally um, I'm actually known in a couple of my friend groups for this cashew cheese to the point that people will be like, so, Miranda, if I buy you a bucket of cashews, can you make me just 
like a kilogram of cashew cheese for my birthday. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. That's absolutely brilliant. That's amazing. And cashews are so yummy and amazing. I love them so oh, much. I know. That's so good. So, good. <laughs> so what, what would you say the average individual is doing wrong in quotation mark in relation to the nutrition, which impacts the ability to deal with stress? Honestly, most people just don't eat enough at all. I find a lot of people will skip meals when they are stressed, when they're busy, because they'll just go, oh, I'll get to it later, I'll get to it later. And it's usually lunch. Sometimes it's breakfast as well. Um, and so they're just not eating enough food whatsoever. That's, yeah, probably the biggest thing that I see. And then when they do eat, they aren't eating very well because they're starving, you know. Yeah. So, so so can I'm you explain? plug this in so I have a bit more light because it's going to get <laughs> it's going to get dark I can see it happening oh there we go <laughs> we can see you so Yay. so when someone's not eating enough food what does that actually do to the body stress-wise <sighs> stress-wise it's it causes the body to start breaking down yes your fat but it also in a way puts your body into starvation mode so it's going to start storing especially your carbohydrates as fat because it's scared that you know I don't know when my next meal is coming where it's coming from um, and so that's when you get a lot of the um the subcutaneous, but also the visceral fat, the fat that stores around your organs and stuff like that. Um, so from, from that perspective, it can be really negative. And I don't mean that in like, if you're overweight, that there's something wrong with you, but I know that it can be a, a coping strategy for a lot of people who um, feel like it's the fact that they overeat that makes them overweight is then they starve themselves. But yeah, as far as the nervous system is concerned, Again, it's a stress. It's 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 not a beneficial stress. It's not a use stress. It's an actual stress for the body, and that exacerbates your inflammation. It exacerbates oxidative stress in the body, which can affect your liver. It just affects all areas of your health. And whenever you've got any sort of stress in the body, it just exacerbates that stress even more, and it will put you back into that fight or flight mode. So again, you'll be more likely to react to things in not necessarily the most constructive of ways. Yeah. So for individuals who are stressed out, I guess one of the one of the things that they could that they do is impacting them in a negative way is if they fast, if they fast, not if they fast, but if they prolong their fast, apologies about that and miss the breakfast and miss the lunch, because that could actually be making them even more stressed out. Yeah. hundred percent. Like generally in clinic, I get asked a lot if I recommend fasting, I generally don't because I just find most people don't eat enough. Um, and I generally find that most people are too stressed and I don't think that it's a very like long-term, I personally just don't feel that it's a very constructive way to, to deal with anything. It's not teaching you how to eat in the long term and that sort of thing. But yeah, fasting apparent, like, it has its benefits, but it's just not something that I would ever, ever recommend to anybody because it can be so damaging to the nervous system. And yeah. I, I would rather just get people to eat more food. I, I really am sick to death of, of seeing people who have been taught the wrong thing 
thinking that they're doing the right thing by like cutting their calories down to like a thousand calories a day or something like and they, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm eating really healthy because I eat like two crackers for lunch. And I'm like, no, please eat so much more than that. You will feel so much better. It, yeah, it honestly just breaks my heart. So, yeah. yeah. And and fasting, the havoc it causes on female hormones is totally another topic. Um, yes. And that- <laughs> So an individual who's stressed out and may not have their period is definitely not made to fast. I mean, look, it does have its benefits. I guess it depends on the individual. But but the, but like you said, the issue may not be fasting. The issue is they're not eating enough food and good quality food and the protein and the fat added with the vegetables yeah. and all those things. So they're not doing the basics, the 101 that we, that we spoke about at the start. They're not doing those basics. And that's what's causing even more stress on their body. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, how are you supposed to, like, really, how do you think your body is going to heal if you're not giving it the building blocks in order for it to do so? Yeah, well said. I love that. Well said. So what what are some, like, moving on now, so what are the key minerals to assist with stress management and how do they help our stress management? I know you've already mentioned some um, yeah. that we've spoken about. So what are some key minerals and vitamins in addition to that? Let's add the vitamins in there too to <laughs> help us manage our, our stress and how would they help? Yeah, so I did manage magnesium. It's probably one of the most well-known of the minerals um, for stress management. Um, one of the best ways that it helps is that conversion of our amino acids or protein into our neurotransmitters but it also can assist with detoxification it's it's one of those things that helps one of the many many pathways of phase two detoxification um, which is really important in order for us to you know remove waste products that can cause stress to the body and um I, I just find anything that we can do to help clear extra inflammation is going to help us to deal with our stress a lot better. So I find magnesium great for that. And I usually like to pair it with activated B vitamins in a complex, uh, again, because they do get stripped by, you know, stress, excuse me. They do get stripped by stress, but they help that conversion of your neurotransmitter from your amino acids they're great for energy um and yeah together with the magnesium they work really really well um and especially if you're somebody who's not necessarily getting much sleep and you're exhausted like being able to have that foundation in there can be really really beneficial um zinc and vitamin c i've kind of already touched on but i do find a lot of people are deficient in zinc when i you know get some testing and that sort of thing and just you know knowing all of the signs um it is one of those very simple ones but it's really good to make sure that you're getting enough because it can affect your appetite and it can affect your stomach acid so if you're finding that you're the sort of person that doesn't feel hungry when you're stressed you're probably insufficient um and so that can be a really good way to sort of cope with that as well so i really love that um because honestly anything we can do to support our digestive system is just brilliant you know we want to make sure we're not only eating all of the foods that we need but we're digesting them properly and absorbing them properly as well um plus zinc and vitamin c together they're so healing for all of the tissues in the body so when you have that inflammation going on it's going to you know start healing up if you know if you're the sort of person that breaks out and zits when you've got stress going on zinc and vitamin c are going to help that heal so this, yeah 
a myriad of ways that that helps. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. They're probably my basics, yeah. Yeah. So magnesium and activated B complex. I love that you mentioned activated B complex because that is one of the major things that gets depleted when an individual is stressed and we need that to get energy. So when people are stressed down, they're fatigued. It's kind of like, well, you actually don't have any B vitamins to have energy. Yeah, exactly. And and it's great too for um, converting your uh, serotonin into melatonin to help sleep as well. So, you know, it's, they're just beautiful. I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there, is there a reason why you would recommend activated B vitamins over the normal B complex? Yeah, sure. So there's a few reasons. Generally, um, activated ones basically mean that they're in the closest form uh, to what the body utilises. So the body doesn't have to convert them as much. Um, but one of the other reasons is um, in my clinic, at least, I see a lot of MTHFR um, gene mutations, uh, which basically means that people who have that, they can't properly convert the folic acid form of folate in the body. So if you get an activated form, you kind of bypass that little pathway and enable your body to have that. So yeah, that's basically it. And they, they do work really fast as well. But yeah, good to know as well, if you are having an activated B-complex, it's going to make your pee like throw yellow. And every time I forget to tell a client that, I always get an email, oh, my God, is there something wrong? <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, just expect that if you're going to take activated Bs. But it's a bonus because it shows you that they're aware of their colour of their pee. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's very true. But it's kind of one of those things when they come into clinic like uh, spend two hours with them asking them all these detailed questions like, oh, I never even thought to look at my poo like, and then, then, then the next time they come in that happened and this happened it's like yay <laughs> they're more aware of themselves which is absolutely oh, amazing so I love it <laughs> so you've just mentioned some absolutely amazing vitamins and minerals the zinc the vitamin c the magnesium all of the b's activated which is amazing which is so much i mean if if you had an individual who's who's listening to the podcast now and is stressed out do work with a healthcare professional but if you do include these in your diet and the supplements or in food form you're going to see huge difference it's 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 going to make an absolutely huge difference from being tired fatigued no energy you're all of a sudden going to feel like you can actually smash out the work you know throughout the day yeah, 100% really does make such a huge difference. I, I love it. I just love it. It's so magical. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. So what are some, I know you've mentioned some tips throughout the podcast in regards to managing stress via nutrition, but what are some practical tips for the audience to incorporate and manage the stress via their nutrition? Well, generally, like I said, definitely just want to pick one meal and start there mm. or like if, if it's dinner and you're worried about your family start with that and just get confident with that one area um i find that that's the easiest strategy because it can get really really overwhelming even with the five basics that i talk about start with one and work on that so it might be okay i don't think i get enough protein try and figure out with the equation that i mentioned how much 
um, protein you need. So it's like 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight protein. And then have a look at ways that you can incorporate that in your breakfast, lunch, dinner. Use an app if you like, um, because there's so many good ones. Easy Diary is great. And MyFitnessPal, I think, is another good one. Um, but using those is a great strategy because you can get to a point where you're like, okay, now I actually can visualize and understand what that looks like in my diet to get that amount of protein. And then you feel confident with that. And so you don't need to track anymore. So I think that's a really good way to do it. Um, but yeah, the other thing is if you are in a, you know, a share house, a partnership, whatever it is, try to get other people on board, especially if you're in a partnership, get the other person on board. It's a lot harder if they're not willing to do anything because, you know, you don't want to be making multiple meals for everybody. You want to be making things that everyone can enjoy together because it takes enough time as it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I definitely find that if you work with, another person um even if it's you know if you live alone and you've got a friend that you know, wants to go on a health kick with you like have that accountability with somebody so that you're not feeling isolated and overwhelmed and by yourself in everything and they're going to be so thankful because they're going to be so healthy in a few months yeah yeah exactly you guys can do it together you can they can start charging them no. <laughs> 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 no that's absolutely great tips and i love that you said go slow don't be overwhelmed there's so many things you can do with all the stuff that you mentioned at the start all the supplements that you've mentioned but the key is is to start with one thing and then just move your way through it slowly i love that you've taken that you, you've just really zoomed into that simple approach yeah it's it's really a passion of mine to do it that way because again it's one of those things that i see in all the time even in my programs people just get completely overwhelmed by doing things perfectly and overhauling everything going on a health kick but every single time they do that they pack it in within a couple of weeks or a couple of days or whatever it is and then they just feel down on themselves and absolutely miserable um and you know they've usually eaten a crap load of food that they know doesn't make them feel any good and i really would prefer to do it as approach that teaches you to understand your body better and teach you to listen to your body more and then, you know, grow from there. Absolutely. Great. So look, to finish off, I've, I've actually asked all my guests as this is the natural podcast, what is your best kept natural health hack that you may do every day that you want to share with us? Tulsi tea is probably my favorite. So Tulsi or holy basil is a herb that my husband actually got me into. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful herb for the nervous systems. So it's, it's what we call an adaptogen. It helps us adapt to, um, and, uh, manage our stress better um, but it's also great for the immune system it's it's really beautiful um so i have that twice a day at least at the moment because it's summer and i mean it's brisbane it's going to be summer for you know, four more months um, <laughs> i have an iced tea every day i'll have an iced tulsi tea and then which is usually a flavored one and then I'll have an ice, uh, sorry, a hot Tulsi before I go to bed at night. And I just find that one's a really good one, again, to just nourish my nervous system and help me get to sleep as well because I am prone to insomnia. 
um, yeah, I even, you know, get a lot of my clients if they're anticipating something coming up, like a job interview, just like half an hour before they have, they have happening, just have a cup of Tulsi tea and it usually just helps to sort of soothe everything and I get everybody onto it. <laughs> yes. I absolutely love Tulsi, holy basil. It's, it is more, probably one of my favorite herbs and so just, just amazing the research the oh, it's, just, it's just mind-blowing just thinking about it i'm like yes 100 percent. it's so good for the nervous system couldn't agree more with you and it's so interesting that you do that that's your health hack every day that's absolutely amazing i love that because you're breathing and living health i love that <laughs> i try <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. So look, we have come to the end of this absolutely magical podcast. So if individuals want to get in touch with you and if you can touch base on the program that you've got running, I think it's called Back to Basics um, and you've mentioned it at the start, how would they be able to get in touch with that and get, you know, get uh, jump on that program? So you can hit me up. I'm online all of the places at Miranda's Wellness. Um, usually on Instagram the most, not so much Facebook, but I'm there, you know, you'll find me. Um, but, yeah, you can head there or you can just go straight to my website, mirandaswellness.com.au. Um, but, yeah, the next Back to Basics round will start on the 12th of April, which is my birthday and a full moon. Very exciting. So, um, yeah, definitely hit me up to be a part of that. It's such a great program. It's a group one as well. So everybody can bounce off one another and do a live call halfway through that we can all talk to each other and basically pick my brain, which I find so much fun. Um, yes, that's probably the best way to get in contact. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. And I'll put everything in the show notes, including your Instagram, your program and so forth. That is absolutely amazing. Is there anything else that you want to touch base on or say before we call it an end to this podcast, Miranda? Oh, yes, actually, I think I just want to remind everybody like, please start to behave like your own best friend and start to be aware of the way that you speak to yourself um, when you do stuff up, when you make a mistake, when you are stressed and, you know, whether you have to have a conversation with yourself in a journal or you just start being mindful of it, it's really, really important that you speak to yourself the way that you wish other people spoke to you because things get so much better for you when you do and it makes it so much easier for you to make changes when you have that forgiveness and absolutely unconditional love for yourself. So I think that's really important and not enough people do it. So I'm going to bang that drum as hard as I can forever. <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful and said from the heart. Thank you so much, Miranda. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. Thank you so much, Mahela. It's been wonderful. I'm so excited. <laughs> I have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health. 